Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited that you are joining me uh, as we continue our healing series, uh, which I started on the last episode. So hopefully you listened to that. I got into the introduction of what I want to talk about today, which is the power of the Holy Communion. And so uh, before I get into it, I just want to say if if during this series or just in general, if you have any testimonies of just maybe a breakthrough in your healing or a revelation or whatever, I want to hear it. So you can message me on Instagram. My Instagram is Victoria V Boudreaux. That's my new username on Instagram. So you can message me on Instagram or if you're listening on YouTube, you can leave a comment on the uh, YouTube video or whatever, uh, because I want to hear what God is doing in your life. The Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we want to hear the testimony of Jesus in your life. So I encourage you to send in any testimonies that you have. And I know that there will be some because why the word of God never returns void. It always accomplishes that for which it was sent. So I'm excited uh, for what God is getting ready to do in your life and my life and all of our lives. And so let's get into it today. I want to talk about, uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through both the bread and the blood, but I want to at least get into the bread part today of the communion. And so, like I mentioned on the last one, it's so important that we have understanding and revelation behind what we're doing, right? Because that's what gives power to, to whatever you're doing. And so I talked about on the last one, uh, which I'm not going to go through it all again, but basically we left off talking about how um, when Jesus's flesh was torn, right, that the veil was torn and that that power that was in the Holy of Holies was released. Um, it was released. And the Bible says that the dead people in the city got up out of their graves and started walking around. So that's what we ended off with. So I want to give you jumping off of that. I want to give you three points about the bread or about the body of Jesus. Um, the Bible says that a 30 fold cord is not easily broken. So if you can build your faith on three revelations, you're going to have unshakable faith in that area. And so I want to give you three things when it comes to the bread. Um, so the first one, the first one is whenever you take the bread, and I'm going to explain this, but whenever you take the bread, you can, you can have faith that whatever is in your spirit is going to be released to your body. So let me, let me explain that. So in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 23, it, it says this, and many of you probably know this, but if not, it's good to go through it. So you are a three-part person. You are a spirit a soul and a body. Um, and it's very important to understand that. So your, your spirit is what is recreated, what is born again. And in your spirit, the Bible says that we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And one of those spiritual blessings is healing. Healing is spiritual. And so I want you to understand that in your spirit, you already have your total healing. It's in your spirit. Okay. And so you have to understand that because I, I don't want you to think of it as you're trying to receive healing from up above, or you're trying to receive healing from out here somewhere. Um, and like I said, you can receive healing from prayer, which would be like someone else, 
um, releasing the healing that's in their spirit into your body. But what we're talking about is how you can receive your own healing, how you can receive healing on your own. So I want you to understand that it's coming out of your own spirit. It's coming from within. It's not coming from out here somewhere, raining down from the heavens. No, it's coming out from within your very own spirit because in your spirit is already is is Christ. Christ already lives on the inside of you. You already have the fullness of everything you need. You already have every spiritual blessing in Christ. So the the thing is, is that you need what's in your spirit to touch your body, right? Because like I said, you're a three-part person. You are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. And so I want to give you a correlation to those three. Um, so many of you probably know the Bible talks about that your body is the temple. Your body is the temple of God. So in the Old Testament, it talks about the temple. The temple is also three parts. It has two inner parts. So your your body is likened unto the temple, which is the out, outer portion. And then um, your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions is likened unto the holy place, which was inside of the temple. And then your spirit is likened unto the holy of holies, which was the innermost part of the temple. So I hope you're tracking with me. So your body is likened unto the temple. And then inside of that, your mind, um, which is your soul, is likened unto the holy place. And then your spirit, which is your innermost being, is likened unto the innermost part of the temple, which was the holy place. I mean, the holy of the holy of holies, the holy of holies. So and why why is this important? I'm going to tell you why this is important. So in your spirit, your spirit is likened unto the holy of holies. And so like I talked about on the last podcast, when Jesus died, when his flesh was torn, when the bread was broken, right? The veil was torn and what was in the holy of holies was released. So when you take the body, right, when you take the bread, when that bread is broken, when you're tearing the flesh, tearing the bread as you're chewing it, as you're partaking of it, you can, you can have faith that what is in the Holy of Holies, which is your spirit is being released into your body. And I hope you're catching this. I hope you're catching this, that what is in your spirit, you know that you already have the fullness of healing. You have every spiritual blessing. Everything that you need is in your spirit, right? The problem is that we need to get what's in our spirit strong enough to touch our bodies. So when you are taking communion, it's a point of contact for you to release your faith that I believe that there is, there is healing flowing out of my spirit to touch my body. So I want you to think about that when you're taking the bread, the breaking of the bread is the tearing of the flesh. It's the tearing of the veil and it's the release of power out of the Holy of Holies into my temple, into my body. So that's the first thing I want you to understand about the bread. And I hope that you caught that. I know that's like a little, uh, deep, but it's so powerful when you really catch that. Um, and so that's the first one is that when you take the bread, you can trust that what's in your spirit is being released into your body, which is resurrection power, which is your healing. Um, and so the second, so the second thing I want you to understand about the bread is, uh, I want to read you this story in second Kings chapter four, second Kings four, 39 through 41. 
I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. It says, one of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing that they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite, they cried out, man of God, there's poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Elisha said, this is what I want you to get. Elisha said, bring me some flour. And he threw it into the pot and he said, now it's all right. Go ahead and eat it. And then it did not harm them. It did not harm them. And so another version says that they were making this stew and it says there is death in the pot. So what happened was they realized that something poisonous got into this soup that they were making and they said there's death in the pot. They realized that they had eaten death, that there was death in their body, that there was something in their body that was not supposed to be there. And what did Elisha say? He said, throw some flour in it. And that flour is a type of the body of Jesus. It's a type of the bread in communion that when they threw the flour in, it neutralized that whatever was poisonous, whatever was causing death, whatever was going to cause them pain, it took that out. So when you take the bread in communion, you can trust and know whatever is in my body that is causing death, causing pain, causing sickness is being removed from me. It's being neutralized by the flour, by the bread of, of the body of Christ. Why? Because the body of Christ became sick with your sickness so that you could be healed. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that God made him sick with your sicknesses, with your diseases. So now when you take the body of Jesus, you are, you are declaring that his body was made sick with your sickness. His body carried death so that your body doesn't have to. It's the great substitute. So when you are ingesting the flour, when you're ingesting the bread, you can have faith that whatever is in your body that shouldn't be there is being removed. And again, like I said, this could even work for your emotions. If there's something that is poisoned, your emotional or mental state that is causing you um, just affliction or or whatever. You take the bread and you trust that whatever is, is in you that shouldn't be there, that is causing you harm, is being removed. And when you take the bread, there is no harm that can come unto you. So that's the second one. The third one I want to read to you is out of Ephesians 5, which is a very powerful revelation. I'm going to read it to you in the New King James. This is Ephesians 5, verse 30 through 32. It says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Paul is talking here about the revel, actually a revelation of marriage, but he's saying, I'm talking about marriage, but at the end here, he says, I'm actually speaking about Christ and the church. So you have to catch that. He's actually speaking about Christ and the church. And he says in that verse 30, he says, we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. So when you take the bread, you are declaring, you are, you are, um, proclaiming that you are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You are part of the body of Christ. You're not just out here on your own suffering with whatever you're suffering with. You have to have a revelation that you are a member of his body. You are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And whatever cannot exist in the body of Christ cannot exist in you. The same life, the same health that's flowing in the head, which is Christ is flowing in the body. 
There's no person that their head is separate from their body. The head is not separate from the body. You are part of the body of Christ. You are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And when you take the bread, you are declaring, you are proclaiming that you are part of his body. You are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh right? And the Bible says that two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church that you have literally become joined with Christ. You are joined with Christ and the same thing that's flowing in him is flowing in you, right? The same health. So whatever can't afflict Jesus can't afflict you. So when you take that communion, you're proclaiming, uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about the, you're proclaiming the koinonia, which is the fellowship, the oneness that you have with Christ. You're proclaiming his death, that in, in his death was your death, that when, G, when Christ was crucified, you also died with him. You died to sickness and disease. You died to pain. You died to all of the, the curse of the law, which, which contains every sickness and every disease, including pain, fever, tumors, boils everything that is listed in the curse of the law in Christ's death was your death you have died to the curse of the law and you have become you were raised together with him and you became bone of his bone flesh of his flesh you are part of his body the same health that is in his body today is in your body it says in first John it says that uh as Christ is currently as he is in his resurrected state, so are you in this life here and now. As Christ is, so are you in this world. And Christ is not sick. Christ is not weak. Christ is not suffering any kind of affliction in his mind or in his emotions. Christ is whole and he is healed. And as you take the bread, you are proclaiming your oneness with Christ. That you are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And I like that Paul uses those words because it takes it out of the ethereal realm. We're not just talking spiritual here. Christ has purchased your body. Your body is part of his body. You have been joined together with him. You are one with him. And so I want you to think about those three things as you take the communion. Let's recap. You can think about number one, as you take the bread, you believe that what is in your spirit is being released to your body. Why? Because when the flesh was torn, the veil was torn and whatever was kept in the Holy of Holies was released. So as you take the bread, number one, you believe that whatever's in your spirit, that healing, that wholeness that you need that's in your spirit is being released to touch your mind, to touch your emotions and to touch your physical body. That's the first thing. The second thing, as you take the bread, you believe that whatever is in your body that is causing you harm, whatever is in your mind that is causing you harm, you believe that as you ingest the flour, the bread, that it is being taken out. It is being neutralized. There is the great substitute, the bread, the flour is coming in and whatever is trying to harm you or cause you sickness or disease is being taken out. And the third thing, like we just said, as you take the bread, you are proclaiming that you are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, that you are one with Christ that you are part of his body and the same health and the same life and the same strength that's flowing in Christ's body it is flowing in you in Jesus name. And so those are the three on the bread. And so I actually think I have time here. I'm going to get into a couple points on the blood. Um, so I want you to think of these things, you know, again, as you're taking the communion, really to put your faith on these points. So two things about the blood. 
first one. Uh, and I actually have a whole podcast on the blood of Jesus. So that's why I'm going to be shorter on this end. Uh, so I encourage you to go listen to that. If you want to hear more about the blood of Jesus, um, I think it's just titled the blood of Jesus, my other podcast on that. Um, okay. So the first thing is it says in Leviticus, it says the life of a thing is in the blood. And so when you are partaking of the blood of Jesus, you have to understand that, uh, the blood carries the life of God. The life of a thing is in the blood. And so the thing about uh, human blood, obviously human blood, like if you go give blood, uh, you know, and they store it for a certain amount of time, human blood doesn't stay good forever. They have to use it within a certain amount of time or else it goes bad. Why? Because humans are mortal. But you have to understand about the blood of Jesus. This is God's blood and it flows with an eternal life. And eternal is not just speaking of time wise. Eternal also means uh, an infinite quality of life. So it's, it's an infinite quantity of life and an infinite quality of life. So when we talk about the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus carries the life of God. It's a superior God kind of life and it's in eternal life. It never ends. It never loses its power. It never weakens over time. The, the, the blood of God, it flows with a supernatural God kind of life. And let me tell you, uh, God is not sick. God's blood does not carry sickness. It carries healing, wholeness, life, strength, vitality, joy, peace. So when you are intaking the blood of Jesus, you are intaking the very God kind of life. You are intaking God's life, his quality of life. And so when you take the blood of Jesus, I want you to declare that out of your mouth. Thank you, Lord, that you said that the life of a thing is in the blood. So as I intake this, this, this juice, I thank you that I'm intaking the very life of God and it's affecting every part of me, every cell, every part of my mind, my emotions, uh, my body, my joints, my ligaments, uh, my organs. The life of God is affecting your whole body. And so that's the first thing about the blood. The blood carries the life of God. The second thing I want to talk about the blood is uh, Hebrews 12, 24, it says that, uh, we have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So if you know the story, I'm not going to, you know, get fully into it, but in Genesis, it says that the, it talks about the blood of Abel who was murdered by his brother Cain, that the blood of Abel cried out for vengeance. It cried out against Cain. What does that mean? It was crying out as a constant reminder of Cain's sin, that he deserved judgment, that he was under condemnation, right? That he was guilty of sin. But now we, we are not under that covenant. We now have the blood of Christ that's speaking a better word. The blood of Christ is not crying out that you are guilty. It's not crying out that you deserve punishment for your sin. The blood of Christ is speaking a better word over you, that you are forgiven, that you are redeemed, that you are innocent, not because you are actually innocent, but because Jesus paid a price for all your sin. So do you deserve sickness and disease? Yes. 
Technically you do. We all do. Why? Because we are a fallen race. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thank God that Jesus came and he paid the penalty that we deserved so that we don't have to suffer the consequence of sin one more day. He paid the penalty for our sin. The Bible says that he became sin with our sin and he became sick with our sicknesses so that we don't have to suffer one more day. So the blood of Christ is not is not crying out like Abel's blood. Not, it's not crying out against you that you're guilty, that you deserve these consequences. The blood of Christ is speaking a better word over you. The blood of Christ is speaking that you are healed, that you are innocent, that you are forgiven, that you have been ransomed that you've been redeemed from all the curse of the law. So what I want you to think about when you take the blood, this, and it's good, you have to get a mental picture of these things. This is what I always think about. When I'm ingesting the juice, the communion, I'm thinking, wow, the blood of Jesus is going in me and it is speaking a better word over all of my organs, my every cell. It's speaking a better word over my brain. It's speaking a better word over, you know, say you have stomach pain. The blood of Jesus, as I intake it, as I ingest it, I believe the blood is speaking to my stomach. It's speaking to the pain. It's speaking to every cell in your body. You have joint pain. It's speaking to your joints. It's speaking a better word over you. The blood of Christ is actually full of life. It's alive and it's speaking and it's speaking over you. So when you ingest the blood, you better believe it's talking to your body. It's talking to your mind. It's talking to your emotions and it's proclaiming that you are redeemed, that you are healed, that you are whole. That's good right there. And you can put your faith in that. You put your faith in the blood. And I want you to hearken, you know, because your body is telling you pain. Your body is telling you sickness and disease. Your body is telling you what's wrong. But I want you to hearken your ear to the better word that the blood of Jesus is speaking over your life. I want you to tune your ear to the frequency of the blood <laughs> because the blood also has something to say over your life. And it's a much better word. It's a better word. It speaks of better promises. It speaks of the better covenant that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, even if the sickness in your body is your own fault, even if it's a, it's a product of your sinful past, you ask for forgiveness and you can receive forgiveness and healing in one swipe. That's right. Because Jesus paid a very high price for your forgiveness and for your healing. It's called the double cure. <laughs> it's the double cure. And so I just, uh, let me think if there's a third one. I think we'll leave it there. I think we'll leave it there with the blood because that's just, that's just too good. So I want to encourage you to put this into practice. The Bible says that those who hear the word and don't do it deceive themselves. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is listen to a cute message on communion and just say, oh yeah, I agree. You know, but really the power is putting it into practice, is being a doer of the word. And I believe that as you begin to to put this into practice, as you take the communion with this revelation behind it, I'm telling you, there is tremendous power that's going to be released into your body, into your mind, into your life. And I believe that you're going to begin to see that healing take place. And I want you to send in your testimonies, like I said, because I believe that there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no affliction. There is no addiction that can withstand the power of the body and blood of Jesus.
And so I just want to, let me just end by praying over you real quick. Lord, I just thank you for every listener, Lord. I thank you that as they have received your word, that it's fallen on good soil. And I thank you that this word will bear fruit in their lives, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Lord, I pray that as they begin to put this into practice, as they begin to take the communion, I pray for a tremendous amount of resurrection power to be, be released in their body and in their life for their deliverance, for their healing, and for their wholeness in the mighty name of Jesus and we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.